Good morning, everybody. Once again, this is Penelope Skuman, and I'm meeting with Estelle Koch, an intuitive soul coach and spiritual teacher from the beautiful and misty today, Midlands in KwaZulu-Natal. So, um, Estelle, last time in our podcast, we spoke about forgiveness a lot. We spoke about opening of the heart and how that impacts on our life force. And you touched on a subject that I would like to just go into more detail about, is taking back your power. What do you mean by that? Good morning, Penelope, and thank you again for the opportunity to chat to you about these very, very important aspects. And taking back your power is my personal favorite in terms of the passion that I have for teaching people to stand in their power, to become empowered and realized beings. Taking back your power is going back over your lifetime and looking at where you invested your power in other people and in emotions, in fears, in things which are no longer serving you. And as we invest our power in things outside of ourselves, we become diminished in terms of our self-esteem. So, to take back your power, what exactly does that mean? Taking back your power means being able to see all the places where you are fearful of going. Taking back your power means restoring your self-esteem. Now, self-esteem is something that we develop throughout our lives. So let us start by saying your self-worth is unquestionable. There is absolutely no doubt about your worth. Being the most beautiful, divine, magical creations upon this earth, we are so worthy of love. We are created out of a place of love. Where spirit, the divine, the creator, in agreement with our souls, allowed us to incarnate into this world and experience the magic of this life. So we are worthy. We are worthy of joy. We are worthy of happiness. We are worthy of fulfillment. We are worthy of love. That is the truth of it. Throughout our lives, however, we have gone through various experiences where we have accepted input and opinions from other people. Some have been very good and very positive, fortunately. And there are many people who have a very strong self-esteem, who believe and know that they are worthy of all of these things. And their whole life will project that. They will walk with confidence. They will dress with confidence. They will act with confidence. They will go out there and, <clears throat> I beg your pardon, they will go out there and make a successful, happy, 
healthy and fulfilled life for themselves. They will also project that. Now, you can find two different ways of projecting that. You can get the people who truthfully, honestly know and honor themselves. With them, you will see happy people. You will see people who are not afraid to celebrate what they've got, who are not afraid to stand up for themselves when the occasion presents itself, who will not be afraid to speak their mind when the occasion presents itself. Then on the other end of the spectrum, you will find people who do not know their power. Because people who know their power do not need to convince anyone else. So they will stand up, they will be strong, as I say, they will be heard, they will be seen for who they are, and be respected for that. Because they will come from a place of gentle, yet powerful inner power. And I think we can all, if we close our eyes for a moment, we can all find at least one person in our lives or in our community who represent that. Then there are the people who believe they are powerful, who believe that they are all these wonderful things and who have an inflated self-esteem. They are the ones who will overdress, who will overcompensate, who will walk into the room and be so obvious in the way that they present themselves. They're the ones who demand attention, not command attention. Because if you have inner strength, inner power, you command attention. It automatically goes there. But somebody who doesn't really have it, but deems him or herself to have it, they will demand it. They will expect of other people to look up to them, to treat them with respect. They will dress in a way that is overstated rather than understated. The names of their designers will be more important than the name of their children's best friend. Because very often they won't even know their children's best friends. They are the people who will speak louder because they demand to be heard. They are the people who will flaunt their possessions because they are identified by their ego. So where you get somebody who does not have a true inner strength, which is a knowing, but one who has a belief of a strong self-esteem, you find the ego out of control. It's important, I need to just stop with the word Mm -hmm. ego for a moment. You know, ego is not a bad thing. We all need some level of ego because we are accountable. So we need to stand up for ourselves. We need to have a a healthy ego, a balanced ego, one that says, I am here in the world. But we can also see ego for people who are living with an exaggerated self-esteem as Ego standing for edging God out. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Those are for the people who live with an understated self-esteem. And we'll come back to that. With the exaggerated self-esteem, it is everything good is outside. 
That is really what the ego stands for in the in in that context, because these people are defined by what they have. They have to show the world that they have the right address, that they have the right car, that they have the right connections, that they have the right friends, because they don't have a deep intrinsic knowing that who they are is good enough. So there you get an overinflated self-esteem, which is then presented through a self-image of excess. Does that make sense? Yeah. So your self-worth is unquestionable. Your self-esteem is what you believe about yourself. And your self-image is how you project what you believe about yourself. Going back to what I just said about the ego standing for every uh, for edging God out, that is where somebody does not believe they have self-worth. And they have to gather things unto themselves to make themselves feel worthy. And there, their relationship with spirit has become so clouded with fear and judgment about themselves that their self-esteem has become so eroded that their self-image projects. They, they use the things outside of themselves to project the fact that they do not have a strong faith because, because it is faith that underpins a strong self-esteem. So in both instances, on the one where we say edging God out, and looking, desperately seeking for acceptance and love all around them, they are desperately seeking outside of them. The, on the other end of the spectrum, those who have the exaggerated self-esteem, they believe, they have a self-belief that says, if I can show the world this, I will be accepted and loved. And in both instances, the lack of faith and being the knowingness of being good enough and being carried irrespective of anything else is what will carry you through. So coming back now to inner strength, being um, having the power, standing in your power. Being in your power means being in your center. What gives us as human beings power is the faith that we are good enough. It is the faith and the knowingness that just as the birds are taken care of, just as the seasons turn over from winter to spring to summer to winter, the seasons, the cycles of healing and generation and birth, those cycles exist for us. And wherever there is darkness, there will be light again. That, that inner knowing is what gives us faith or what strengthens our faith. And it is that faith in who we are as people, that knowingness, that gives us power. When you stand in true power, you speak in true power. True power comes from a place of knowing yourself knowing your weaknesses, 
Honestly, we are all weak human beings. We are all human beings. We are all beings of duality. We are all beings of light. And where we are light, we will cast a shadow. So every single one of us has a light side and a shadow side. So, Estelle, you've just said that we've got a dark side, or, or shadow side, may I call it that, and um, the light side. How, how can you say we've got a shadow side? Is that a negative energy that we've got? Is that something negative that we portray? Yes, that is an interesting question. The shadow is the aspects of ourselves that we very often would like to deny. Yet the shadow is probably our most important aspects because the shadows bring to us the lessons that we need to learn. So the shadows are our shadow side is the side of us that we like to hide from people. You know, it's very hard to admit that I'm actually a very demanding person or that I am a selfish person. But there are very many people who are that, who are judgmental. We all have certain traits that are negative. The shadow is the aspect of us that we have come to heal in this lifetime. It is what we have come to bring into the light in order to heal and to become whole as people. The thing with the shadow is, as I say, it's, it's our greatest teacher. If we are bold and brave enough to name it, for when you name it, you can tame it. Um, but if we do not, if we keep denying it, then we will find that it becomes a dark side. It can become our dark side. When the shadow gets more power than the light, it becomes a dark energy. And that is when you get people who are truly destructive in their nature, whether it is emotionally destructive, where they will walk over people, take advantage of people, whether it is um, dishonest, whether it is behavior that is completely dishonest, whatever the case may be, wherever the shadow is out of balance with the light. Because as long as the shadow and the light are in balance, you're actually growing. It's, it's a process of knowingness, but there's enough light to uplift the shadow, to sometimes shine upon it, I know when I am out of balance. I know when I am doing something that is not in my true nature. If I'm going to gossip, you know, gossip, of course, says more than more about you than it does about the person you are talking about. And a lot of people love gossip. Every person who is gossiping knows that they're doing something wrong. So if I am a natural gossip... I'm going to know when I do that. And when I strive to live in the light, in other words, what does this concept of living in the light mean? Living in the light means I choose to live in my light aspects. I choose to become a beacon of light. 
I choose to know that inside of me there is a light. There's a little book called Mr. God, This is Anna. And it was written by a man called Finn about this little girl. And she says, I know that I'm in the center of God and that God is in the center of me. You can believe that God is whatever you see it to be. But if you have that knowingness, if you have the knowingness of the faith, as we have spoken about, then you know that there is a light inside of you. Then you know you carry a light. And living in the light means living in accordance with the guidance of the light within me. And that means I live to bring my best qualities to the world, but I'm not afraid of looking at the shadow. I'm not afraid of acknowledging the shadow in order to heal it. Because that is what being human is all about. We did not come to this earth perfect. If we did, we would not be here. We would have no task. Part of our task is coming here to become whole, to heal parts of, our, uh, of ourselves that may have become diminished, shall I say, or where the shadow has taken over. Now, we have all walked into rooms where we have felt comfortable. We have all, on one or two occasions, walked into a room where you feel something in this room does not feel good. And the African people, in their culture, when one of their members pass away, will always go into the hospital and go and clear the ward where that person, or the bed where that person has passed away. We should all be clearing our homes regularly, doing energy clearings. We spoke earlier about the vibration and the frequency. Just as the frequency of, we spoke about the office in the church, for instance, remember? Our homes, the energy, the frequency in our homes become lower, or in our offices or whatever, wherever there is negative energy happening. Negative energy is when the shadow is out of control. So the shadow is out of control when I'm arguing and I have to be right. So I will pick a fight with somebody else. Or we start with an argument and it turns into a big fight. Negative energy or shadow out of control is when I am fearful and I'm being absolutely bitchy or horrible or um, demanding because of my fears. Wherever a negative, anything that stems from fear, runs rampant, that is where negative energy starts impacting the environment. So whether it's illness, whether it's argumentativity, somebody being argumentative, whether it's depression, whether it's anger, it does not matter. Anything that is negative, that is brought into a space, leaves an imprint of itself in that space. You will then find that you walk into that space, and it's like walking into a wall. It literally is. You walk in and you can feel the negativity. You can know that something went down there. When you walk into a place and you are feeling down and you walk into a place like that, 
immediately you resonate with that lower energy. And that can cause you to go even deeper down the rabbit hole. It could cause cause you to become more depressed. It could be it co- could cause you to become more angry. Because whatever is going on in your psyche will then feed off the energy that you walk into. Some people who will actually I want to say embrace that negativity because don't forget aggression, anger, all of those things feel quite powerful. They're very powerful. So when you embrace them and you make them a part of your toolbox with which you get around in the world, or um, being mean to people, or uh, any anything like that, anything that is that works with a negative energy in order to give you power, anything where you have exaggerated negativity like that and people embrace it and choose to use it, becomes a part of their psyche and causes them to become dark energies. So you do get people who are dark energies. You do get people who represent darkness because it's what they choose. It's what they choose to be. It's what they choose to represent in the world. So rather than represent their light, they choose their darkness. They choose the power that that negativity gives them. And that energy they will then take with them throughout their lives until they choose to make a difference. It is also true in the context that we are living in that many of these people, when they cross over, will take that dark energy with them. You know, we have a tendency to put people who have passed over on pedestals. They have their own process and... um, And I cannot and will not go into that right now. But there's a whole process that happens on the other side in terms of healing and and everything like that. But there are entities on the other side who can come through with a similar dark energy and who will try and get attention, who will try and get power, because they may be around us, but they're actually powerless. They get their power from feeding on our emotions. So it is true that that many of us can see people on the other side. I cannot. I'm not clairvoyant in that sense. And I may turn into a pretty um, accomplished athlete if that should happen. But I know my people and I know this and I sense the energies around me. So I get the communication coming through. And it is true that there are what I would call rogue energies in the universe. And these energies will look for like-minded souls on the planet. So if there is somebody there who, who can see dark energies, they will look for other dark energies to communicate with very often. But they do not have a conscience. So they will not be ashamed or they will not hesitate to come in and use or show themselves to, for instance, young people or innocent people who do not understand 
how to protect themselves, and yet they have this gift of being able to see things. So darker energies can very definitely present from the other side, um, and they are normally people who were angry, um, manipulative, that type of person here, who have gone across to the other side, but who have not moved on, released their connection to the earth plane, and moved on. And very many of them are now seeking to leave because of various energies. Um, they, they are very much aware of the fact that they are stuck literally between what we used to know in the past as heaven and earth. So they're stuck between, they're not on the earth, they haven't moved on in the other side, and they're in a netherworld kind of thing. So they will come to, very often, to light beings, and the, especially the young people, and we will be doing following up with a podcast on the young people of today. Many of them, because they are so sensitive, but not engaging with the work, do not know how to protect themselves but they show up as light beings because that's what they are. So many of these beings will come out of fear and desperation to be helped to move on to these young beings. When this happens, and I mentioned this in the very first podcast that we did, all you need to do is call on whatever deity it is that you pray to, whether it's angels that you work with, and can I please again just state that light beings, whether they be angels, whether they be guides, whether they be ancestral beings, they work together as a part of spirit. So they are all role players and all of them serve to help us to grow spiritually and to do what we need to do. So once again I'm going to say, even when it is a dark force, pray. Pray to whoever or whatever it is that you pray to. Call on the angels, call on your guides, call on God, call on that which you feel safe with for assistance. Because there are these rogue beings, we cannot deny them. But when we start to understand the processes and when we strive to live in the light, when we strive to enhance our faith by living from the heart, by living in gratitude, by really being the best we can be, and doing that in partnership with spirit or the divine, whatever we may call it, then we do not become fearful and we can protect ourselves. So the very first thing to do always is to protect yourself. I do not start my day without prayer, and my prayers are to give thanks for my protection, for the presence of guardian angels, guides, any manifestation of spirit beings that have been allocated to work with me. I also, um, when I go into prayer, my first my prayer is that whatever I do in that day will be for the highest good of myself and everybody else I encounter. So that is very, very important to me. And in doing a prayer such as that, I am invoking protection as well. And I know without question that I will be protected. 
Having said that, if I go into a place where financially I'm going through difficulty and I get so caught up in the fear that I start lowering my vibration because of the fear. When I go through a relationship breakup and I'm so heartbroken um, that I get caught up in that heartbreak, that heartache, that sorrow, um, where I have lost somebody and I am totally overridden with grief, that takes me to a lower vibration. And the minute I go there, I open myself up to the influence of these lower beings. So the more negative I am in my life, and in particular I want to refer here to people who are going through grief, having lost somebody, uh, where, where it is, it is such an intrinsic grief. It's not something that is a conscious, like we spoke about earlier, you know, I'm angry with this one, I'm angry with that one. This is a grief. I'm experiencing real loss. This is before I get that angry with spirit or the person who's passed on or whatever. Stay in prayer. Stay in prayer. Keep asking for the protection. Because you. then we know. If I know that I'm in such a desperate place, then I know to go there. The, the more you develop on the spiritual path, the more you run the risk of going to a very dark place. Jesus went into the desert with the devil. We all at some point go to a place where we meet in the desert, the devil's inside, where our, where our shadow starts to confront us and we question within ourselves the very fiber of our being. Why are we here? Why am I going through this? And we need to go there. The big thing to know is that no matter how angry you are with spirit, no matter, no matter how much you question, ultimately you always go back to the faith. There is some place where no matter how angry you are, no matter what comes out of your mouth, your whole being says, it's okay, you're being held. You are still here, you are still breathing, all is well in your world. And the big thing is to be able to connect with that and know that on a deep, deep level because then no matter what you go through, the sun will shine for you again and that faith will carry you. But you have to choose the light. You know that um, the word... Lucifer means bearer of light. Mm. What we know as Satan from our biblical teachings is literally our shadow side on steroids. Because if we do not stand for something, we will fall for anything. We've heard that so many times. The light will never take you or use you against your will. Forces of light are available to you all the time. Your light is powerful and beautiful and shines naturally. 
Your shadow, however, is sometimes so desperate to be heard, so desperate to be seen, that if you do not choose to stand in the light, your shadow will impose and will take over without your permission. So if you choose the light, you will be in a position where you can manage, acknowledge, and heal your shadow. But if you do not choose the light, your shadow will always try to override the light. Oh, that's profound. That is the gift of free will. Mm. The gift of free will is whether you choose to stand for the light. Because if you do not choose, the shadow will always seek control. Wow. So you touched on when you walk into a room and you feel that negative energy, that wall that just makes you feel like you want to run away. What can you do in terms of that? Um, is there any techniques you would you would recommend? To help say, for instance, it, it is your home and something has happened there and you can feel that the energy is not okay for you to be. There are many techniques that one can practice um, and maybe at some point we can do a podcast regarding this. But salt is probably one of the most cleansing materials on this planet. So we very often recommend that you sprinkle salt throughout your home. Maybe leave it overnight and sweep it up in the mornings. Uh, because salt does absorb negativity. It does help though that you accept that gift. It is important that you're not just doing it uh, because somebody told you to do it. You need to embrace the concept of there is negative energy here. I want to clear it. So you could use salt. Um, but whether I use salt, whether I use incense, whether I use holy water, whether I use normal water, whether I use lavender because um, taking a bit of water with essential oils and a sprig of lavender and just going through the house and spattering it with the water will work. No matter what I do, I will bring those tools to the table and I will do a prayer where I will thank, I will bring gratitude for those tools and ask that they be used as tools for clearing the energy. Because for me in my work and I think in every one of our lives, we should consecrate our space. The other thing that works very well is incense. There are various incenses available. Normal stick incense to walk through a room and smudge it or to sit in a room, burn the incense and do a meditation, visualizing it being cleansed works perfectly. Um, just doing a sprinkling of a room with a good polish or something like that helps it is your intent that will clear the space more than anything else. Although, as I say, things like salt does help. Um, things like incense does help. 
holy water does help if you can get your hands on it. Um, and it's normally available from churches. Um, doing a meditation and clearing it with your intent through visualization. Imagine bringing in swirling light or a vacuum, visualizing a vacuum that will literally suck out the energy and then pour light into the rooms. Oh, there are so many things that we can do. But you know, you can sit with intent and just do it. You can literally just visualize, visualize light falling in and coming into the room. But as I said earlier, just cleaning it and putting flowers in, just opening windows and getting fresh air and fresh energy in, but with the intent that the darkness be cleared. I have cleared many spaces in my time. But what we need to understand is that there is no point in clearing a place if the people in that space is invested in negativity. You can go and clear a home over and over and over again, but if you have got people there who are doing drugs, and by the way, using drugs opens your energy field to all kinds of rogue energies out there, because in a drug-induced state, more often than not, you are not protected. Um, so going into a home where this kind of thing is constantly taking place, and it's like an invitation to dark forces. Um, going into a home where people are constantly fighting and bickering, a marriage is in trouble, or one partner is having an affair, or the parents and the children don't get on, anything like that can cause energies to just build up so quickly. There are many people who believe in having crystals around. Crystals do enhance the energy in a space. I do want to say, however, that if you work with negativity and you're working with crystals, they can enhance that negativity. Because crystals in themselves are not good or bad. They come from nature, they come from our beloved planet. So a crystal in itself will enhance whatever energy you put out. In and of themselves, they are not going to bring specific change. But if you bring crystals into your home to, for protection, if you bring crystals into your home for healing, I need you to understand that crystal is not going to heal you. You have already called upon the healing energies, whether in yourself or from your guides or angels, and the crystals will simply enhance that energy. I hope that answers your question. Definitely, because that is definitely a subject all on its own that needs to be covered. But yeah, thank you so much for that. Um, before we go, I just want to touch on your webinars that you will be doing pretty soon. Tell me a bit about them. Tell me um, what kind of subjects you will be looking at and covering in those. And how will people be able to get hold of you in case they are interested? Right. The webinars we are hoping to go live with in February of 2017. Um, at the moment, we are looking at a chakra workshop. 
which will be offered over a three-month period, and it will be done once a week for an hour. So people will be able to join us for the webinar, and we will then give them work. So you will join in, get a lesson on it, or a talk on each chakra, and what it stands for and how we can strengthen them, and then be given work to go away and do. Um, as I said, it will be over a three-month period, the chakra one in particular, one hour a week, and anybody who is interested can look at the website, Estelle Koch, one word, Estelle Koch, K-O-C-H, dot com, where we will have all the information regarding the webinars and when they will be offered. In addition to the chakras, we will offer a webinar in relation to working with the angels. How do we work with our angels? How do we connect with our angels? Who are they and how can we work hand in hand with them? And we will do a workshop or a webinar called Planet in Change. The Planet in Change webinar will deal with all the changes that are currently taking place, um, the phenomena of the earth moving so much faster, and all of us feeling like we're running out of time, the balance of the masculine and feminine energies within each one of us, and how we can grow spiritually and personally in order to embrace and use the changes that are taking place for our own well-being. Just your website again? The website is www.estellekoch.com. Thank you so much, Estelle. And once again, thank you for your wisdom and all of your words of encouragement, I think, is, is to say it lightly. Um, thank you. We will be doing more webinars. Again, if you guys have any questions, please feel free to give us a shout and we will cover them. Thank you very much. Thank you again.